So once again, like I said, happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. And hopefully, you know, all of us that have a father, whether or not he was good or not, doesn't matter because if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, your heavenly father, he'll make up for everything. Amen. And, uh, but glory to God. We're so blessed. I'm so glad, you know, and just, um, I, I love our holidays. I love Father's Day. I love Mother's Day. I do because I think we need to honor. I mean, we need to honor everybody every day. But, uh, you know, it's good just to, uh, uh, you know, take time to say, hey, thank you. And to take time and to reach out and to touch lives. Amen. Because the greatest calling of our lives, you know, in, in the sense of that, that if you are a father or a mother here, it, it's, you got to put your life into somebody else's life, which is your kids. It is that. And, and, uh, and don't put yourself down if you think, well, I don't have any kids around that. that you know, hey, praise God. Thank God that you have a mother and a father that you can honor and you can do. Be a blessing. Amen. And, uh, you know, we thank God for, for that. Thank God for uh, these times to celebrate. I know that it can be tough for some folks because may not have done things right or didn't do things uh, or not having kids or those things there. But, hey, you know, you celebrate and enjoy because of your heavenly father. Amen. And that's the goodness of God and the blessing of God. Amen. Well, if you're here for the very first time, welcome to Harvest Bible Church. We're so glad you're here. And if this is your very first time here, well, welcome. Uh, We have a connect card right there in the seat pockets in front of you. If you'd like to fill that out, let us know how you heard about us. Most of the time, it's because somebody invited you or you were watched online, you were checking us out, and you actually uh, got brave enough to show up. And uh, we're really glad you're here. We're really blessed. So we'd love to get to know you even more. So that's how you get connected. It's how we get to know who you are. And uh, we're a church that just loves Jesus with all of our heart. God's doing great things. We want to reach out. We want to touch lives. And uh, we want to build up the body of Christ. We want to build everybody up. Let him make sure you finish. Amen? We want you to finish your course. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we want to honor God in everything we do. And I do. I do want to honor God in everything we're doing. Amen? And we are going to finish our course at Harvest Bible Church. We are going to be a church that declares faith. We are the church that's going to declare the things of God. Amen. He's called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and our offerings this morning. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you've already set up all your stuff there. Or if you haven't set up, it's really easy to do. All of you that are online, you know how to give. Praise God. Hey, isn't it nice to have AC this morning? We haven't had AC for two Sundays. You know, so they're not quite done with that. We don't have AC in the office or in children's church or youth, but praise God, we do have it in the preschool and we have it in here. So uh, they were supposed to do four units. They were only supposed to do one unit here and do all the other ones, but these were the easiest ones because they're all three lumped together, so they did these three. So you get blessed. So you pray for all of our people in children's church and all that, but it's going to be nice and cool. They're supposed to come back tomorrow or Tuesday and get everything done. Amen? And we praise God for that. We praise God for his grace. Praise God for his provision. Hallelujah. We thank God that he meets and supplies all of our needs. Amen? So let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege we have to sow seeds into the kingdom of God. Thank you that we can bring our tithes and our offerings. We can worship you with our giving. 
Lord, thank you for meeting and supplying all of our needs. And we thank you that you're the one that told us that you would cause all grace to abound toward us so that we having all sufficiency in all things that we may abound to every good work. Lord, thank you that Harvest Bible Church is good ground. We're bringing good seed. We're planting it into good ground. And it's going to produce a harvest in our lives and here at the church. We honor you for it. And so now, Lord, as each one purposes in their heart, so let them give. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this. Pastor Pamela, go ahead and come on up and give announcements here. (laughs) Well, amen. You know, um, we had 30 kids for HBC, uh, VBS, VBS. And, um, by Wednesday and I just, there was more kids that wanted to come. So we bumped it up another 10 and now we're at 39. So we have one little spot left. And, um, so I'm excited I can't have any more. And I hate to say that, but you have to order kits for the kids. And I don't want any kid to come and not get the kit to feel cheated. So anyway, so we're excited. We have 39 kids and no air conditioning. Woo! going to be fun. <laughs> I'm going to be in here. Yeah, I get to, I get to do my, my stations in here. Um, <laughs> sorry guys. Anyway, we're super excited. So, you know, um, HBC, please keep these kids in prayer. You know, um, I don't know a lot of these children. I didn't recognize their names. And um, we just really want to touch them with, uh, it's about the light of Jesus Christ. It's called, it's called Stellar. And um, reaching them with the light of Jesus Christ. And so we want them to be born into the kingdom of God, to have an encounter with Jesus. Amen. And um, I remember when my parents were pastors, we had a group called the Door to Happiness. And they came um, and they did a VBS in our church. And I still remember the songs. I remember it was, I still remember the whole VBS. So it really impacted my life. And so I know that these can be a, a powerful thing in a child's life. So anyway, we're excited about that. This month is a special month, and for the secular world, we know that they're celebrating something very special this month, as you can see on my shirt, that, um, you know, this shirt says, the real, the true meaning of the rainbow, and um, I'm wearing this very proudly, because um, it's the truth of the rainbow, right? And um, I want to hear how that went. (laughs) Cameron wore it to work. Um, and so, <laughs> I wish I have him testify right now. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I, but we also have something special too. You know, Miss um, Cindy McCormick has written a book called Satan's a Liar. I wasn't born this way. It's a story of discovering the truth. We had her speak at our women's retreat. Our, I did an interview with her at our women's retreat. Just an incredible testimony. And um, I was telling her, I wish I would have thought of this earlier to have her get this out whole, the whole month because she is in a time for, a, for such a time as this to have the truth of the lifestyle. You know, it was a lifestyle she lived and God brought her out of it. And, um, and her incredible testimony is just powerful. This book she's going to have for sale in the back today. And it's not only if you're struggling, you know, some people are struggling with, you know, same sex attraction, but it's also, if you know somebody that's struggling with that, or you would just like to know about her testimony, um, or you want to get this for somebody. Yes. Oh, and she's giving it for free. You're so sweet, Cindy. 
Um, and so this, she'll have this in the back. It's just incredible. And I thought, what a great thing for us to have as a church this month. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I'm excited. And, and I just love Cindy. I, I love that she has, um, you know, it's discovering the truth. The truth will set you free. I, I, I have a whole sermon on, on this. Uh, Pastor Mark, maybe he's going to preach on it this morning, but I have a whole sermon on this that I just, the Lord just gave me this morning. I'm like, oh, that's so good, God. But um, anyway, um, that's back there. Also, I have some of these shirts left. If you would like one of these shirts, um, they aren't free because I don't have enough for everybody. <laughs> They're just 10 bucks though. But I do have some of them left back there. I got them for all their children's department. We wear these in, in our HBC uh, kids church. But if you'd like one, I do have some back there. I don't have a whole lot, but um, there is some that you can certainly get one if you would like. If, and if you don't get one, you just come see me. I can certainly order you one too, okay? All right? All right, well, God bless you guys. Don't forget to pray for all our kids this week. Amen. And so I have some announcements too. Number one, since we have VBS this week, there will not be a Wednesday night service. So we won't have a Wednesday night service this week because uh, we'll be doing VBS. Also, there will not be a Tuesday night men's Bible study because we're going to be using your room too. Okay? <laughs> so we're creating a whole thing. We have stations. We create stuff. We're creating space stations in every room. And uh, we'll be doing that uh, and creating all that. So uh, I do want to let you know that next Sunday, we have a guest speaker. It's, it's Michael Imhoff, who is a, uh, he wished to be a Navy SEAL, I believe, and everything. And then now he's born again, and uh, he's going to be coming in and uh, gets just sharing. He's very evangelistic. Very evangelistic. He's called me like 17 times wanting to do 42 different things. And I've told him, you're just going to get to do Sunday morning. That's all good. And because he's really excited. And so I'm believing God's going to be a really cool thing. I love people like that. I never get really upset about anybody trying to say, hey, because that means they're passionate about what they believe in. People all get me out. All he talks about is this. I said, well, praise God. That's what God's called them to do. Amen. He ought to talk about that's what God's anointed them to be. Amen. And so we thank God for that. Then, not this Wednesday because it's canceled, but the following Wednesday, we have uh, Reverend Keith Higginbotham coming in from Rhema, Thailand, whom we support monthly. He's coming in because on his way, uh, what he does, he's coming over just to share. And he's a real sweetheart. He's been here before and a real blessing. And God's done a really cool thing in, in their ministry is that they have been able to purchase land in Bangkok, Thailand. Which has been a, you know, it's a miracle, a miracle, because for 30 some odd years they've been there, of course, leasing it, and God has opened the door, uh, and they've purchased a piece of property, and they're going to get it, be able to build on, which is very dear to my heart, because I know we, we rented for 27 years, and then God dropped this into our lap, so we get to buy, so it's real precious, and, and uh, they're doing a, a, a tremendous, tremendous job, not only there, but in, in uh, Myanmar or Burma, what it used to be, so... Uh, real precious. So anyways, I get, I get the next two Wednesdays off and the next Sunday off. Woo, I'm having fun. This is good stuff here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and I can't even go on vacation. I got to be here all week long. Got to be here for all these guys. What a bummer, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Hey, if, if you could do, do me a, just go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. I've got a unique message this morning. All the junior high, you guys can go and take off there. And uh, 
It's got a very unique title, and uh, uh, just in my heart. You know, there's been a lot of things said and done in our nation here recently about things, and especially when uh, you start talking and people start trying to push things down your throat, and then they turn around and start to say, well, you know, your kids aren't yours, they're ours. That gets a real challenge. That stirs up me. I get really excited about things like that when you try to attack my kids, any of them. Church kids, personal kids, grandkids, whatever it is. For me, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you do to me. That really doesn't bother me at all. But if you, but if you touch my kids, my wife, those kind of things there, then you're in trouble. And I have to guard my heart. I have to guard my attitudes. I have to guard everything. And uh, uh, I really appreciated uh, Ryan Heinrich spoke on Wednesday night here. Did a tremendous job. Just a real blessing. Uh, you know, but one of the things he talked about is, you know, as a man, we can get macho and we can get up like, I just want to bust the devil in the mouth. And I do. You've heard me make my statement. When we come back with Jesus, I want to be right next to him because I want to try to hit the devil first before Jesus speaks to him and annihilates him. You know, that's my, that's my desire just for all the things he's done. I want to hit him first, but I know I'm not going to be able to, Jesus is going to beat me to the punch, but the thing is, is I want to. And so, but we're not, that's not because our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is not to battle these things here. But we have have to understand that we are in one. And that they brought the war to us, okay? You know, but here's the wonderful thing. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You have to understand, we are the most powerful. We are the most highest authority in the land because we have Jesus. And the earth is still the Lord's. You know, they can mess it up all they want to until God says, you've messed it up too much and now I'm going to fix it. Because that's what they did in Noah's day. Y'all remember, the Bible says the Son of Man is going to come back. Jesus is going to come back as in the days of Noah. All right? Noah's days were so bad that God said, hey, man, I'm so sorry that I even made man. Satan had messed them all up so bad, there was only one righteous. But aren't you glad there's more than one righteous today? That you're righteous. Amen? Hallelujah. So my title today is, When Jesus Brings a Sword. Hallelujah. Here in Matthew chapter 10, we're going to share some scriptures here. And many times people don't understand this because this, is, this may mess up all of you that uh, are the ooey-gooey love people. And, uh, uh, but, and I, I love, I mean, I, I, that's one of the biggest things. I love to love people. I walk in love a lot. And I do that purposely because I know we need to. And I show a lot of mercy and grace in a lot of areas. But we need to understand what's going on and why we can't not do anything, why we cannot not say anything, why we cannot not stand for truth, amen, in the midst of things, okay, you need to have an understanding of what's going on and why this is happening, how did he, and it's going to be just happening just because of who you are, because you ever wondered why, why can't they just get along in the Middle East, I mean, what's wrong, I mean, Israel's tiny little, it's got just a little bitty piece, nothing, I mean, it's the smallest country over there. Let them alone. Let them just have that little bitty piece. You got everything else. All these other countries so big, got everything else. It's just, why, why you got, because the very existence of Israel brings sin against the rest of the world. If Israel is, a, is allowed to survive and to go, then it brings and says, oh, we're all in trouble. Thank you for your overwhelming response, because that's true. Guess what? Your very existence as a Christian condemns and convicts the world of sin. 
doesn't condemn them, really convicts them of sin. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It's his job, your job. When you're being happy and you're being a Christian, you're doing right. And you're irritating everybody else around you. Glory to God, you're doing your job. Not by being obnoxious, not by being rude, not by being a superior person, not by thinking that you're holier than them. Because you're not. The only difference between them and you is Jesus. Okay? So, so there's some things that we've got to see here. And so when Jesus makes this statement, it kind of throws us into a little bit of a tizzy or a little bit of a, like, oh, what? I mean, I don't know about this. What does he say? Because look what he says here. Let's read it. We're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 10, uh, starting at verse 34. And we're actually going to read all the way down to verse 40. And I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation, just because it kind of slaps you in the face a little better. Are you ready? Hallelujah. It says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace. Now, this is written in red in my Bible, okay? It's written in red in yours if you have a Jesus, you know, where it says the red letter. So don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. So Jesus came to bring a sword. He said, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Wow. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. Now, Jesus, boy, it sounds like he's mad, and he's doing some things here. I mean, come on. The Bible says in in, in Isaiah, it says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us, I mean, unto us a a son, you know, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It goes on to say that he's, he's the Prince of Peace. Amen. Isn't that amazing? When, when the angels came and Jesus was born, it says there's going to be peace on earth. And then Jesus, didn't Jesus say in John chapter 15, he said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give unto you, so that your peace will be full. Amen? And then he tells Peter, you know, Jesus says, hey, how many swords do you have? Peter says, we got two. And of course, Peter, he's hanging on to his. And then when they come to get Jesus, Peter pulls a sword. He's going to fight, cuts off the servants here. Jesus said, put up the sword. Those that live by the sword are going to die by the sword. Peter's like, I don't understand. And then Jesus says, guess what? Peter's remembering this side here. Jesus, didn't you say? You didn't come to bring peace. You came to bring a sword. So what in the heck is he talking about? Yeah, that's why people get all confused about the Bible. That's why people get all upset. Because we've got to rightly divide what he's saying, what he's endeavoring to do. He's not saying hate your dad. He's not saying hate your mom. He's not saying hate your sister or your brother. He's not saying hate your mother-in-law. Everybody repent. I hate your mother-in-law. Hallelujah. Or or your father-in-law. Hallelujah. I know this is a very interesting Father's Day message. I asked I said, Lord, usually we do something really flowery, try to build the guys up. He said, no, I want you to do this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I told Aunt Helic, I said, I'm either going to do this one or I'm going to chicken out and do the one I was going to do. <laughs> but the statement seems so, okay, wow, what's Jesus talking about? Because this is, man, wow. But you need to understand what he's talking about here because there is a division. 
And it may not have happened in your family. When you got born again, you may have been raised in a Christian family, you know, so you got born again, everything's been good. But if you weren't raised in a Christian family and all of a sudden you did get born again and everybody thought you were crazy, you know, and they thought, why are you doing this? You know, and, and let me give it to you another thing. What about if you were la- raised in a religious home or raised in a Christian home, but then all of a sudden you got excited about God and got filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh my God. Because see, I was raised in a denominational church, but when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I got kicked out of that church. And my parents were like, what is wrong with you? Why are you being so crazy? And but I love God. Now all of my my family followed me in. Hallelujah! But uh, the, the the key is is that there's going to be a division between us and the world, and we've been trying to live in in a cohabitant thing. We've been trying to live so that we don't offend the world, and that's not what we're not. We are supposed to. The word of God is supposed to be an offense to everybody. You're not supposed to be an offense, but when the word of God comes, it's got to convict. We're going to stand. Now, like I said, it's not a holier than thou. It's not this, but it's got to be truth. Truth always convicts. You've got to stand for the truth. And if it divides, it divides. That's the sword that he's talking about. It divides. He's talking about, hey, you know, thank God that Jesus gives us peace. We have a thought process that's totally different than the world's process. Did you know that? Do you know the the most important thing in in any thought process is where your foundation is coming from? And if you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, then it changes your entire thinking. The world doesn't believe that. But if you believe that, it changes the way you think. Because if you believe that, then you've got to believe what the rest of the Bible. If he pulled off the resurrection, he's pulling everything else off. If he's raised from the dead and he's, he's, everything else he said is working, if he pulled that one off, he's pulling off everything else. Everything else is here is going to happen. So you've got to understand, that's why people get off. So, well, you Christians are that. No, 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 no. We walk by faith. We trust in the word of God. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go out and be this obnoxious person. You need to get punched in the mouth. That would be a justification, okay? You say, Pastor, they hit me. I say, well, you probably deserved it. Okay? Because that's not what I'm talking about. Because how many of you ever heard this great word called tolerance? That's what we hear, tolerant. How many of you know that the world is not tolerant? The world's not tolerant towards you. They are upset about you. They're hostile towards you. You see, here's the thing about it. What is Jesus saying through what I just got through reading? Very simply, you've got to love God more than you love anybody else. Now, here's the biggest question. You've got to love God more than you love yourself. <laughs> that was the hardest thing for me because I like me. I still like me. But I don't love me more than I love Jesus, okay? Now, there was a battle rage in there at times because I love me. I thought God was blessed to have me. See, most of you have this low self-esteem. I never had a low self-esteem. So I know, I, I used to think I was the normal person. I really, I, after you know, all these years, I know that I'm not the normal person. I mean, I'm not that. I never have been. I thought I was, but I really was. I knew I was, I just, you know, because everybody else, you know, things happen. But, but I, you know, didn't know that. But God had to deal with me with a wonderful thing called pride. And how do you know we can have pride in many areas? We can have pride in how low we are. 
that I can't do this because of, oh, well, this is, you know, this is, we can have pride in how we were raised. How that, we can have pride in what has happened to us. We can take pride in our hurt. Come on. You know, what happens is, is that pride's an ugly thing. How many of you know that pride was the very first thing that kicked Satan out of heaven? Because it's I will, I will, I will. You know, and all that kind of, you know, he was endeavoring to do this. Glory to God, you know. So what was Jesus doing here talking to his disciples? He was literally telling them, listen, you're going to get rejected. There's going to be hostility. And even your own folks are not going to like you. Do you remember when Jesus was preaching and all of a sudden they said, hey, hey, your mom and your dad, they're outside. And listen, in that culture, if your mom and dad and the older people, they, they were reverent. I mean, they, they were honored. You did not speak bad. You know that, right? Because you know in the Old Testament, if the kid backtalked, you could take them out and stone them and make a new one. <laughs> Man, I don't know. No, I can't go back to that. I can't go back to that. Some of you thinking you can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the saying, I brought you in this world, I'm going to take you out of this world. But you can't do that. But see, in the Old Testament, they could. So you know that when they said that, that was not a, a well, that's just his parents. Because see, we think, oh, that's just mom and dad. No, no, you don't, in, in, the, in all the other countries, especially in those countries, in the middle, older people, they're very reverent. They're very honored. So that was a big thing. Hey, your, your mom and dad are asking, you got to go. What did Jesus say? Who's my mom? Who's my dad? When he talks about everybody, he wasn't trying to disrespect them. He was saying, I have to be about my father's. Remember when he was 12 years old and, and they couldn't find him and, and, and they finally found him after a couple of days there. And they're like, what? He said, you knew where I'd be. I'd be about my father's business. I, you should have come right to the synagogue. You should have knew where I was. Amen? What God is speaking to our hearts here is that we have to take a stand. Amen? I want you to go over to John 15 with me. If you would. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures here. We're going to talk and share. We're going to stir you up. But it's not to be antagonistic. It's to be strong. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Amen. I don't care what kind of spirit they're doing, what they're doing. God is far greater. Hallelujah. Amen? And I'm going to read this to you. John, let me get over there. John chapter 15. Hallelujah. Y'all still doing okay? All right. All right. I know this is a little intense. You know, and you're thinking, you dragged me here for this. I know, I, I'm sorry. We're, we're going to give you a dad's root bear afterwards. You get it. So we're going to make it sweet, okay? It might, might, might not make up for it, but at least it's going to be, it's going to be sweet, okay? Hallelujah. You know, we got to make it a little bit happy here. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to read it to you out of the King James, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible. In the King James Bible, it says this, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. (laughs) If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, I, I have, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Amen. Now, the Message Bible says it like this. It says, if you find the godless world hating you, remember it's, it got its start in hating me. <laughs> if you live, now this is what I want you to get. If you lived on the world's terms, the world would love you as its own. But since I picked you to live on my terms or on God's terms, 
and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. Now, we've lived in a life that's been really easy. It's been thing good. I mean, if you, if you were born again through the 80s, I mean, the 80s, Christian was cool because everybody was prosperous. Everybody was doing prosperity. Everybody was preaching. It was really cool until the late 80s. And then all those that kind of, we had some great ministers that fell and, and caused some great things. Then everybody got a little bit upset, got frustrated, and then it got into some things. And of course, now Christianity is not cool. How many of you know that morality is not cool? But I want to tell you, Christianity is cool and morality is cool because it's godly, okay? See, you have to, we have to stand our ground. It's persecution. See, it amazes me that most Christians have never been, especially in America, most Christians have never been persecuted. They've never been ridiculed for their faith. And so the first time somebody slaps them or the first time somebody comes against them, they're like, oh... Or the first time somebody brings a question out or somebody wants to attack and everybody gets nervous. You start talking, well, you know, if you're going to lead somebody to Jesus, how would you do it? Everybody in this room needs to know how to lead somebody to Jesus because there's a world that they need to know how to get saved. Hallelujah. You need to know how to do that. If you don't know how to do it, we want to teach you how to do that because you need to know how to, need to, know how to ask, answer every man that asks the reason of the hope that's within you. You've heard me comically say what I told the young lady on the airplane when I pulled out my Bible before we had iPads and all that kind of an iPhone. Pulled out my Bible and I'm reading it. And her question, oh, you're one of those. And my question to her is, and you're not? (laughs) That was my first response. Because it shocked me. I don't have enough faith to go through life without Jesus. Amen. I mean, I'm so glad glad of what it is and be able to share. Now, she, you know, wanted to come back and say all kinds of, well, all the judgmental things. I said, no, 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 no. So there's no judgment here. I'm not judging. I'm not your judge. God is your judge. I'm not the judge. I can just tell you about the love of you. I can tell you about the things of God. She said, oh, well, you're, I said, no, I'm not different. I just choose to believe what the word of God says that changes everything. See, you don't have to be mean and nasty. When you know the truth, you don't ever get mad if somebody's upset at you. When you know the truth, you don't get mad when somebody disagrees with you. Because how many of you know Jesus didn't come to sabotage relationships? He wants you to have relationships. He wants you to lead people to Jesus. He don't want you to be a harm. He don't want you to be, you know, get away from them and do all these things here. No. Thank God. Thank God for what the Word of God says. Amen? Because if, 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 if you were out there and you were a crazy person, let's just say you were just, you know, you were just being a really good sinner, then you got saved. You probably lost a lot of friends because you don't go back partying with them. You didn't go back doing the things they were doing. All of a sudden, you changed your lifestyle. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, he doesn't do that. It's like, hey, there's a division that takes place. There's a division that takes place. And we can't participate in wrongdoing because we can't violate our conscience because we've got to be strong in our faith. Amen? We can't do that. Hallelujah. I mean, we realize this. And so when the word of God comes, there's going to be division. There's going to be a dividing line that takes place. Don't let that bug you. Just walk in love, walk in peace, and trust that God's going to open up their lives. Amen? Hallelujah. And we've got to realize that we're, it's, it's the key is there's got to be a standard. There's got to be a, there's got to be a place when they finally fall, and there's got to, they've got to hear the truth. There's got to be a place they run to. 
And that's what we're creating is a place they can run to, where they can find refuge, they can find love, they can find care, where somebody's going to reach out and touch their lives. Amen? You know, I mean, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, which simply means don't have agreement and, and get into and making their uh, lifestyle uh, okay, because it's not okay. Amen? And getting connection with it. And people see that all the time. We see things happening, what takes place in people's lives. And, and, and you know, Paul and Peter and uh, the Lord Jesus were saying, listen, you've got to come apart. You've got to come apart. You've got to be, uh, let the truth come out and you've got to get yourself holy before God. Amen? Hallelujah. We see these things. He tells us not to defile ourselves, not to do these things. Amen? But we can't isolate ourselves. Why can't we just build a fortress and this just be us? Because there's a lost and dying world out there that needs the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't know that they need him, but they need him. And they're crying out for help. Every time they, they do things, they're crying out for attention. Every time you see somebody with purple hair, pink hair, all, all kinds of things, everything else going on, or you see somebody doing things and you see them doing one, they're just crying out to be loved. They're just a cry, it's just a cry out for love, to, for somebody to love them. Somebody to bring an answer, bring a truth. They're just going about it all the wrong ways. So I'm not judging him. I don't judge anybody. Because, oh, you're, no, I don't believe in that lifestyle. No, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in a lot of life. I don't believe in lying. Amen. Amen. It's funny because we, we condemn everything else, but the Bible says in, in Revelation that all liars are going to have their place in the lake of fire. Go out said, God, who then can go to heaven? I said, you know, I've been in the church all of my life, and they've all lied. Don't look at me so holy. Thank God you can get repentance, you can get forgiveness. But the key is, is that, yeah, I don't like liars, all right? We look at things and we want to judge, but it's just people crying out. But when you have the truth, that's what changes everything. Amen? Hallelujah. Because you remember Jesus' prayer? In fact, go to John chapter 17. Let me just share something with you because I want to get this to you. Because Why am I sharing this? Because it's going to get hotter. It's going to get more and more. They're, they're going to keep pressuring. Because see what you don't understand. When I said that word tolerant, they're not. So you have to understand. You have to remember that if it's like the days of Noah and it's like the days uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah and it's like those days when you read about it in the Bible, they weren't satisfied with just them doing their thing. You had to be one of them. You had, they had, you know, it's either that or they, they destroy you. So they won't be satisfied because it's, the, it's Satan. The devil won't be satisfied until he tries to destroy all of God's kids. Amen? He won't be satisfied. And that's why until he's bound, until he's locked up, there's an enemy that is arrayed against us. Amen? Hallelujah. Here in John's Gospel, chapter 70, this is Jesus' high priestly prayer. He's praying for all of us. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living, just because it gives it a little bit easier here. He said, I've given them your word, and the world hates them, because they do not belong to the world. He's talking about the disciples. He's praying for them. He said, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you've sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. 
Then he says this in verse 20. I am not praying not for only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So he's praying for you and me. He said, listen, I, here it is. The world hates them because they hated Jesus. They don't belong there. Yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen? Remember what he also said? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You're a light that's supposed to be lighted on the healed. But he also said, if that salt has lost its savor, we're in trouble. They just throw it out. How many of you know that we got to be salty? We got to make people thirsty for the things of God. Amen? We got to make people thirsty for the things of God. We got to make people hungry for the things of God. Amen? So that they can see the love of God. They can see the joy. They can see the peace of God in the midst of chaos. And you got to be ready to give an answer to everyone to ask you the reason, the hope, and not just Jesus, but here's how you receive Jesus. Here's how you can walk in line with the word of God. Here's what you can do. Amen? Hallelujah. And we can't compromise. No, we can't compromise with evil. It'll mess you all up. Remember what Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 says, live peaceably with all men as much as within you is. See, some of you, you ain't got much. That's why you're not very peaceable. But you got to get some things. We got to live peaceable with all men. Amen. Hallelujah. He also goes on to say in that same chapter, don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Peter said there, or Paul said this in Colossians 4, 5, and 6. He said, live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation or your lifestyle be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Amen? You'll have the right response for everyone there. Peter said it like this. He said, Instead, you must worship, okay? This is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 in the New Living. He said, instead, you must worship Christ as, your, as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Amen. Amen. We are getting ready to live in these days where we've got to make a stand and we've got to take. And when I say make a stand, just be Christian. Just declare the Lord Jesus Christ. Because how many of the best Old Testament story I can give you is Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They're slaves. They're in captivity. And they're young men. They're young guys. And they get put before King Nebuchadnezzar. And and they see them. And then they're supposed to eat this food that they're not allowed to eat because they're Jews. And so Daniel steps up and says, hey, we're not going to eat that. Why don't you just let us have beans and rice or whatever it is that he says. Lentil, I'm going to have this. And that's what we're going to do. And the the guy says, hey, I, I I can't do that because the king's put me in charge. What happens when I present you before the king and you're all sickly and these guys all look great and the king's going to cut my head off? That's what he said. King's going to behead me. Daniel said, okay, let me just, let's just do this. Give us 10 days. And after 10 days, if we don't look better than these guys, let us eat what food we can eat that's, that's for us because of our custom, our laws. He says, then if we don't look as good as them, then we'll, we'll change. Well, after 10 days, they look better than them. Amen. They did not do that. And then when they uh, got before King Nebuchadnezzar, they found out they found Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego 10 times smarter. 10 times smarter. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And okay, we got on. So they're doing this, and they're doing their jobs with excellence because they're doing things. I mean, Daniel served three kings. Three kings, three eras where kings died. Daniel serves all the way till he's an old man. And he serves in captivity. And God's using them to change nations. In captivity. And he never once, never once did he not stop serving his God. Never once did he stop praying. Because you remember, well, let's go back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of a sudden, he, Nebuchadnezzar make, makes this big, uh, giant statue. We also know that Daniel didn't bow before that, but Daniel didn't get in trouble. On this one, they only caught these three guys saying, hey, they didn't bow down. So Nebuchadnezzar gets all like, hey, I'm going to make this really easy. I'm going to do it again. You can bow down there. They said, we're not bowing down. And then he goes, well, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in this fire frame. He, they said, listen, listen, king, whether you throw us in the fire, whether you don't throw us in the fire, our God's going to deliver us. And if he doesn't understand this, we aren't going to bow down to you. And we all know the story, you know, it's a great story, but it's actually a true story. It's actually truth where he throws it, gets it so time hot, the guys that throw him in get killed. But what happened? What did we get to see? The fourth man in the fire. So you're going to get to see miracles, signs and one. So why am I sharing this message? Why am I? Because there is a division between the body of Christ and the world, okay? There's got to be, there's got to be a, a line drawn in the sand here where we are different, we are not caught up in all the junk and all the things. What they're doing is wrong, and we say it's wrong. It is wrong, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stand for our, and watch our God do the deliverance. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. What about Daniel? Later on in the chapters, all of a sudden, these guys are trying to figure out how to get rid of Daniel. And said, so the only thing we can find out about Daniel is he prays too much. <laughs> Praise God. So we got to get this. And the, so they tricked the king into saying, make a law that nobody can pray to anybody but you for 30 days. And the Bible says, when Daniel heard that the law had been signed and it was made into motion, he went home and he opened his window and he prayed three times, just like he always did. And they were following him. It didn't change Daniel one bit. It frustrated the king. King was like, oh, Dan. He's like, hey. He said, Dan, hopefully you're God. You know, and of course, we know the story. They threw him in the, in the lion's den, and, and, and God closes their mouth. They open up the next day, and the king's like, oh, Daniel, it's your God. He said, oh, live forever, king. It's all good. And then Dan, what did the king do? He said, get all those guys that did that. Throw them in there. Let them eat them. And before they could even hit the ground, the lions ate them. You want to read a good book, man? Read the Bible. It's, the Old Testament's awesome. I mean, these guys are fighting with their both hands. They got swords in both hands, left hand doing this. They can do this. Guys are jumping in pits, killing lions, you know, on a snowy day. All kind, I mean, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. It's an awesome book, and it's all true. Why is it so important to understand how to grab a hold of the truth of the word of God in this? Amen. When we see this, we see some things that take place. Because, see, when you consecrate yourself to God and you submit yourself to God, then God will honor you. Amen? When you truly decide, hey, glory to God, I'm going to stand up for God, guess what? God will stand up for you. God will start fighting your battles. See, because our battle's not with flesh and blood. Our battle's not to get into arguments, fussing, but our battle is how to defeat the enemy. Because there is an enemy that's arrayed against us, and it is, a, and they don't care. 
And they're just, and the devil's just playing his hand. You guys realize that, right? That anytime these wonderful pronouns, they say, I'm a they, I'm a them, I'm a though, and a thy. That's just devil saying, we got to have, we want, we want to have expression. You know, because that's what the Bible talks about. When they say they are many in the Bible, it's people that were demon-possessed, people that had devils. And so anytime somebody says, I want a they, you know they have a spirit. You don't want you to talk to me like a they. Well, that's because they have a spirit that's driving them. It's not a problem. That they continue to just figure that out. There y'all got scared. Y'all get it? Listen, you do understand that you're greater than the devil. The greater is he that is in you than he is the one. That's God, God's given you all authority over the enemy. Hallelujah. And the devil cannot by anything hurt you. Amen. He's been stripped of all of his authority. Jesus gave you all authority in heaven and in earth. We got to always teach that because when you teach how we're supposed to walk and then we get hit, everybody gets nervous. Well, what the, why is it? It's like because well, you got to stand up and get tired of getting beat up. You got to get tired of the enemies lying to you. You got to take hold of the word of God and you got to say, here's what I'm going to do. Because here's the thing that I've seen. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to share it. I just being a pastor this morning. Because see, as dads and as fathers, we've got to be the examples. And we've got to be the ones sharing and doing. We've got to stand up for what is righteousness and what is truth. How to do it. Because we've got to be the priests of our homes. Amen? God's called us to do that. Amen? And I've seen this. I've seen people say, well, well you know, the Lord's called me to just, I'm just trying to help this person. I'm just, I said, yeah, but... You know what? I don't know that you're strong enough in this situation or what's going on. You're trying to stay connected on this side because that's where you came out of, but that's where you want to go back into. And I don't think you're ready for that because they want to hang out with the unbelievers. They want to try to, I'm going to try to get them saved. I'm going to try to do this. You need to get yourself saved, sanctified, and, and strong. Then you can go do things like that. Okay. But if you're not, if you're just coming out of it, and, I, and almost most of the time, what happens to people who are trying to, is they get dragged down. We used to do this in youth. When I was teaching youth and doing kids, I'd have a big old kid that would be the heaviest kid in the, in the class. I'd say, you lay down on the floor. And then I'd get the other kids, you know, smaller ones. I'd say, okay, now this is, you know, your old dead friends. Because now you got saved. And you, you want to help them, and you do. So, but you're going to try to pick him up. And i say, you just lay there. Don't do anything. I said, you just lay there, let them keep trying to help you, keep trying. And none of them could pull that kid up. I said, now, now, because you're tired, of, you, 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 you know, they're not going to come down. So now you grab them and you pull them to the ground. He pulled them to the ground every time. Which is what the unbelievers would do with you. If, if, if you don't know your authority, if you don't know where, where you're at. Now understand this. So well, we're not supposed to go out there? Listen, we're supposed to reach out and touch lives with people. All right, but you got to take care of you first and get strong in your own self. Because see, that's what the body of Christ gets messed up in. They want to stay, because they want to stay one foot in the world and one foot in God, and you're no good in both places. You ever heard of this? You're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. You ever heard this? You know, you know everything, but you know nothing. You ever met some people like that? They know a little bit of everything, but they know nothing. And I know all of you guys are brilliant, you're all strong, you're all awesome, you're all wonderful, but this is for the people that aren't here, okay? Okay. <laughs> Amen. I mean, because don't get me wrong, I know a lot, I, I, I have good friends, I have people that are, they're called to that. They're called to hang out with the uglies. They're called to hang out with people that you're like, 
wow, I, I, that would just, I can't do that. I, would, I, I can't. And yet they get people born again. They get people saved. And then they stand, they, they stand strong. I know others that are in, in situations that are, but, but God's called them into that. And, and God's done and, but they have to keep themselves strong. Everybody that I see in those kind of things, they never miss a service. They're always in church because they always got to get fed because they always got people taking shots at them. They always got people there. They got to get holes in their tanks. Amen? Because here's the thing. The whole reason for this, let me just share with you. My God, job as, as a pastor, my job as, as, as being a spiritual father in people's lives is I want you to finish. I want you to keep going, okay? I want you to finish your course. I, I really, really do. I want this to happen. How to do? I, I really, really do. But here's the thing that happens is that everybody I see that falls away from God or, or gets frustrated at church, they never stop loving God. They get mad at people who've always messed them up. But they get out there and they begin to compromise, Remember I told you about those two guys in the 80s, big ministries that fell, you know, in, but in talking to them and hearing their things is that they never stopped because people say, well, when did you stop loving God and cause all this stuff to happen? Never one time. They said, I never stopped loving God. I love God all the way through all this stuff. But what I did stop was fearing God because the word of God didn't have any effect. See, because God's love for you, he'll let you do anything. You already figured that out, right? That's why you're in the mess you're in, but that's okay, or what happens in your life. But the fear of God is I don't want to disappoint him, and I don't want to, he tells me not to do things. It's the fear of God that's there. I got to make sure. They stop fearing God. They stop letting God, they stop allowing things to come in. Amen? So one of the things is this, is we've got to truly decide whose approval do we want? Do we want God's approval or do we want the world's approval? And whose approval do we really, truly value? Because, see, it's not about popularity. It's about honoring Jesus. Amen? And you remember what Jesus said this? He said that Jesus was going to be, he's the chief cornerstone. But the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm also a stumbling block. See, for us, Jesus is the cornerstone. Praise God. He came. He lived. He died. He took the keys of death and hell. He rose from the dead. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our cornerstone. He's our everything. Amen? But to the world, he's a stumbling block. They just can't get over all the things. They just can't figure it out. It, it, it makes them fail. First Peter, let me read this to you. First Peter chapter 2, verse 7 through 9 in the, in the New Living Translation says this. It says, yes, you who trust in him recognize and the honor God has given to Jesus. But those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone and is the stone that makes people stumble. The rock that makes them fail. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And they meet with the face that was planned. Oh, excuse me. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his marvelous or wonderful light. Amen? See, for us, when we receive Jesus, he's our cornerstone. But for those, when they reject him, he's a stumbling block. Hallelujah. And so here's the thing. Simply put, we are not 
living by the same values or by the same thought process that the world is. So stop letting the world mess you up. Amen? Thank God that Jesus brings peace to us. But there's not going to be any peace in the earth. Did you remember what Jesus also said? When everybody starts shouting peace, peace in the earth, what's going to happen? Sudden destruction. Y'all know the word of God. Y'all good. Now we got to live in joy. But what do we need to do now? We need to reach out and touch lives. There needs to be a harvest of what we're doing. See, when Jesus brings a sword, he changes things here. But what happened? We've got to stand, and that's the sword of the word of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? The word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. That's the dividing line. Is God said this, and so I'm going to be on the Lord's side. God's called us to be on the Lord's side. So when you stand up for righteousness and truth, hallelujah, you shall prevail. Amen? God's hand is upon us, and he wants us to stand up. And so, yes, there's, it's getting wider. It's getting wider and wider. So we've got to build a bridge to try to get over to them. And that bridge is the Lord Jesus Christ. That bridge is the love of God. That bridge tells us. So we've got to go into the highways and byways to compel them to come. But if they don't want to come, we just go next. I like what Peter and I have been talking here, uh, you know, and uh, some things. And I like what he said. Don't I? He said, we're just looking for our own. We're just looking for our own. So we go to the next part. We're trying to reach the lost, but we're looking for our own because there's a lost people that need Jesus, and they're our own. Amen. We're looking for our own. Amen. Hallelujah. We're looking for those that want to come. Hallelujah. Don't worry about those. Listen, narrow is the road to heaven. Wide is the road to hell. But we're going to get as many people on that narrow road as we can. Amen. God has a plan. That's why we share all the wonderful truths. You know me, I'm a very positive guy. I love, I am that. I'm always, the glass is always half full. It's never half empty. I'm very optimistic, always. And I'm very positive because I, I, I figured, man, if you know all the promises of what God has, you could care less about what the world's doing. You'd be so busy doing what God's told you, so busy looking at what God is. It's so much fun, and it is. But we've got to realize that, you know, there's, there's, there's this big difference that takes place between us here. Amen. But the reason that we share all these great things about being a Christian, all these women, is so that you can go out and tell everybody else about it. So that you can reach those people around you and say, this is the reason I'm happy. This is the reason I have peace. It's because I know what Jesus did for me. I know what he's doing for me now. And I know what he's going to do for me. My future is bright. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm going to get to make heaven. My future is bright. My king is coming. Hallelujah. And I'm looking for him. And in the process of time, I'm enjoying the benefits of what he's doing. And I want to share it with everybody else around me because I want you to see how great God is. And I want you to be part of this family. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I just trust. I trust with all of my heart that every person understands my heart today. Oh, just understands where, where I'm coming from, Lord. And I'm endeavoring to share with them that, listen, as Christians, there's going to be difficulties. As Christians, there's going to be a division between us and the world. But, Father, we have to understand that we're the ones that have that bridge to bring these to you. But, uh, Father, only those that are yours, those that you draw. Hallelujah. Glory to God that we can be that. And not get upset or not get so uh, distraught. Well, they don't like me. There's a division, yes. 
But you got to know the truth. Because when you know the truth, it sets you free. And you want to give the truth to others to set them free. So when Jesus said, I've come not to give peace, and to, but to give a sword, he was endeavoring to say, there's going to be division. There's going to be a difference between light and darkness. And Father, I don't know everybody here. I know this has been a different message for Father's Day, but Father, it's a message that I believe that we as the body of Christ need to understand our position in you. And we want everybody to be saved. Jesus died for the whole world. He wants everybody to be born again. He wants everybody to know him and to receive him. He wants everybody to make heaven. So if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, whether it's father, whether it's mother, whether it's brother, sister, daughter, son, whatever it is, Father, my heart's cry is that everyone would know you and know your great love toward them. Know that their sins can be forgiven. Sins can be forgiven. If you're here, if you're in this service or if you're watching, I love you with all of my heart. I want to tell you the truth. But we've got to stand strong as the body of Christ. But if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never accepted him. You, you may know of him. You may believe about him. But you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And you need to. Jesus loves you. I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I do, I do, I do. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, or I want to come home, I want to come back. I'm like the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. I need to come home. I need to confess Jesus. as my. Just raise your hand real high. Let me pray for you. Let me lead you in this prayer. Let, let's let God restore you. Let's let God restore you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads and lift up your eyes and look up here at me. Praise the Lord. You know, as I shared, there's a division. There's, there's something between us, but it's not that we're holier or that we're better. It's all because of Jesus. And, and God has drew you to himself and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior so that you can go out and let your light shine. And there are others out there that need, they need the love of God. They need who you are. Amen? And we just want to find our own. We want to reach out and we want to touch their lives. Hallelujah. So this is when Jesus, you know, when Jesus draws a sword. He drew a sword saying, okay, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be hostility. But think it not strange. Think it not strange, Peter said, (laughs) when you're getting, but thank God you can stand your ground. Hallelujah. You know, and let God be God. And listen, when you stand up for God, he'll stand up for you. Hallelujah. We've got a better covenant. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to let our prayer team come up here. And if you need prayer for anything today, they'll be happy to pray for all of you fathers. We're going to give you, like I said, we have dad's root beer out there for you. Uh, Glory to God. It's the only day we look like we're all doing things we're not supposed to be doing out there today, but it'll be fun. People take pictures. It's all cool. Hey, I love you. I love you. Have a great, have a great day with your father or family. Just be blessed. I love you so much. Be blessed. You're dismissed.